Disclosure, we have not read or seen everything. Ain't nobody got time for that. I don't have a life and I haven't read everything. Because of that, there's a chance we may not know something or get something right. We're here to have fun and talk about our opinions and points of views on comics and characters we like. So don't take our opinions to heart, and if we get something wrong, feel free to let us know. But don't be an asshole about it. Also, we can't do words good. I'm so mad that I did not have the money to get that fucking Batman statue that I wanted when it first came out and it was like $100. You remember, the, it's the big Batman, the big Bruce with all the fucking, the kids crawling Yeah. Want to guess how much it is now? If oh, it's over anywhere, $100. $500, Brittany. Uh-huh. I know, that always happens to me too. Like, I was going to buy you a, um, like, one of the Stargirl uh, statues. The bombshell, and- I'm assuming? No, it wasn't a bombshell one. It was like the actual one of her. And it was only like 70 bucks. And then they started talking about the show coming out and it jumped up to like over $100. And I'm like, no! <laughs> uh, Yeah, no, I'm just... It's my favorite statue that I've ever seen. That's why I wanted it so bad. I know, I, <laughs> I might one too. day save up and get it. Because it's so nice. <laughs> I know that artist... Um. His statues are usually, like, super expensive. I think that should be enough. We'll, we'll find something in there. Maybe. Right? Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know. Unless, unless we're doing the comic thing. <laughs> I don't think in the comic thing. Okay. So, number nine. So, hello, and welcome to this very special episode of Keeping Up with the Waynes. It's only special because... We've been fucking up and had to skip some stuff, but we're back. I'm Brittany. That's Anthony. And welcome. Are we just jumping right into our summaries? Is that what we normally do? No, no. We introed it and then we said hi. Uh, It's been a little bit. What what else? Um, Yeah, yeah. Do we? Summaries? Yeah. Do we just jump into our summaries now? (laughs) Yeah, we should just jump into our summaries. We'll figure it out. (laughs) So enjoy our summaries for issues 13 and 14. This is Grayson number 13, A Ghost from the Tomb. It's written by Tim Seeley. The pencils are by Mikel Janine. The inks are by Hugo Petrus. The colorist is Jeremy Cox. And the letter is Carlos M. Mangle. This issue begins in the sub-sub-basement of Spiral, with Helena explaining that she had no idea Lex was the drop for the kryptonite crystal, and she had been totally unaware of the ability to manipulate other Hypnos users' bodies. She then goes on to say that Argus never notified her that Lex was their representative, and had she known, the deal would have been shut down immediately. Helena assures Dick that Spiral does not have that ability to manipulate people's bodies, and promises Dick that his and promises Dick that his privacy and integrity is of Spiral's utmost concern. Yeah, sure, privacy and integrity, Dick repeats, as we get a zoomed-out shot that shows that Dick is currently undergoing a strip search, performed by Dr. Nitz, with a computer monitor being strategically positioned to cover his bits from the viewer. Helena turns to leave, informing Dick that he will be rejoining Agent 1 for his next mission. In the very next page, we get a shot straight out of a 1960s adventure movie, where a pirate crew led by Tiger Shark is boarding a freight ship. They gather the crew members, and while Tiger Shark is monologuing to the captain, the henchmen interrupt him, saying, Hey, uh, boss, these two don't got any, uh, faces? This appears to be the signal that Dick and Agent 1 were waiting for as they lash out, beating up the pirates. Dick and Agent 1 are half paying attention to the fight, 
it clearly being a piece of cake for them, and are instead more focused on their banter with each other. Tiger Shark has the backup plan to neutralize the threat of Dick and Agent 1. It's a submarine located under them. But Spiral was thinking ahead of them, and the drones neutralize the sub and taste the shit out of a nearby shark. Dick then ends the fight by swinging from the mast of the ship and kicking Tiger Shark square in the face. After the baddies are all tied up, Dick is pretending to be seasick, relaxing below deck, and he's pretending to be listening to circus music. I don't understand why circus music. That doesn't sound believable to me, but okay. This is just a cover, though, because the second Agent 1 leaves him alone, Dick begins plotting with a Mr. Alvin Drapier. Cough, cough. Red Robin. Cough, cough. Tim Drake. Tim is going over the info he managed to dig up on Luca Nets, otherwise known as Agent Zero. Tim says Mr. Malone, cough, cough, Batman, always thought that Gotham was the center of the universe, and apparently he was right, because from Zero Year to Clue Master's campaign to just a few months ago when Joker attacked, Luca Nets has been captured in the background of countless photos disguised by her hypnos, watching Batman and Robin. Tim developed a program to search out these photos all over the internet and encountered a similar program that he believes is Luca herself trying to cover her ass. Tim tracked down the IP origin of this program to a Berlin lab that has a history of human experimentation and eugenics. It seems the Nets family is indeed tied to Nazis. Big yikes. Dick compliments Tim on his detective skills, and he pl- and they plan on how he's going to convince Spiral it's their idea to send Dick to Berlin. Dick says he's got someone that owes him a favor. We then jump to a familiar scene of Helena in her best outfit, power posing, while staring out of a window and talking to the Council of Spies that gathers regularly to maintain the peace amongst the organizations. Helena tells them the recent rash of murders was the fault of an infiltrator who has now been dealt with. She then goes on to explain that the organization who planted the infiltrator was none other than Checkmate, and while she does respect the Council's desire to remain neutral, if they cross her or spiral, she will find them and drag them screaming into the light. Helena, now back on her way to HQ, turns her comms back on and asks for updates. Poppy informs her that there was an energy spike identified as the God Garden store tech, and it was picked up in Berlin. Dr. Nets looks very worried as she tries to convince Helena that they should probably not get involved because they're spread quite thin in the wake of their recent attack. We then see who caused the energy spike. It wasn't the normal culprit Midnighter. No, it was a new character named Ladytron because she's both a woman and a robot. It's a very original and profound name decision. The God Garden is sending her into the building Dick wanted to investigate. Midnighter apparently pulled through with Dick's plan. Dick and Tiger watch her break in from a distance, and once she's in, they follow and drop down on her to start a brawl. We zoom out even further to see that Midnighter was watching Dick and Tiger watch Lady Tron, and he's happy the plan worked out, and now he gets the day off. Midnighter drops down from the rooftop and goes into a nearby cafe where he plants this stuff himself full of sweets. We see, sitting outside that cafe, at a table, is one Luca Nets. She pulls out her phone and arms the lab's security, and she is ready to watch a show. We see that as Dick and Tiger are fighting Lady Tron, some very menacing robotic spiders are descending from the ceiling. And the issue ends. Issue 14, A Ghost from the Tomb, Part 2. Writer is Tim Seeley. Artist is Stephen Mooney. Colorist is Jeremy Cox. Letterer is Carlos M. Mangal. A fashion disaster of an old man starts this issue by telling the beginning of a story. He even says, once upon a time. The story we come to find out later is about his narcissistic ass. He portrays himself as a hero to the world as he saw all these supermen emerging and claiming to be heroes, but he thought they posed a threat to mankind as they were essentially unkillable. Thus, he created the ever-expanding web called Spiral. Back in Germany, we see Dick, Tony, and Lady Tron fighting off Spiral's spider robots, and Agent Zero and Midnighter are enjoying themselves in a cafe. 
but like at different tables. They're not sitting together. Agent Zero gets a notification that the spider robots are unleashed and that they're attacking the trio, which interrupts her reading. You know, I feel so bad for her. But their screams will provide a great soundtrack for her walk. Creep. And Midnighter asks the waitress where the nearest bar is since he's done his Midnighter deed for the evening. The trio is becoming overwhelmed by the spider robots, yet Tony still has time to berate Dick and yell at him to call Helena to call off the robots. Lady Tron gets her hand bitten off by a spider and comes to the realization that the spiders consume things around them to create their webs, and the more high-quality material they eat, the stronger the webs become. This influences them to try and gain some distance while they can, and to use Lady Tron as a battering ram to bust through event. Lady Tron then vaporizes the robots that try to follow them and complains about how she She's gonna get kicked out of Robot PETA, which apparently is a thing. Tiger tries to get Lady Tron, whose name is revealed to be Maxine, to release an EMP to take down the robots. Dick knocks out Tiger before he's able to convince her because the EMP would wipe out all the information that he needs on Agent Zero, which is in the computers of the facility. Dick starts using his hypnose to get Maxine to help him access Spiral System. We jump back into the story the narcissistic Nazi man is telling. He went by Agent Zero, apparently, and had a costume and everything. He would manipulate minds and nations into turning against these so-called heroes and tried to kill the ones he could. He also said that during the first war, which I'm assuming is World War I, he realized that he needed to keep the war from ever ending and needed to reinvent himself and created a Leviathan to challenge Spiral. A secret army. Nothing would be too dark for them. Not genocide, not even child soldiers, which would then be planted all over the world. At this point, he reveals himself to be Otto Netz, or Dr. Daedalus, I'm assuming is how you pronounce it. Back to Maxine and Dick. We see Dick using his hypnose to make Maxine think she's a little girl in a toy shop. She chooses a robot toy that will talk to you. Dick uncovers essentially an aux cord in the back of her neck to plug into the toy so that it can talk to her, but in reality just plugs her into the computer. While Dick is suffering the effects from his hypnose, Helena calls to check in that him and Tiger are doing well on their mission to attack the God Garden. In the background, we see Dr. Nitz accessing something on the computer named Spider. Real original with the names here. Dick tries to disconnect with her by faking interference, but it doesn't fool her. Otto continues with the story saying he was not able to finish his work due to getting Alzheimer's and could not let it go unfinished, so he made a home and created Elizabeth and Katrina his legacies. Dick has Maxine ask some questions to her new robot friend. He asks her to have him tell the story of Luca Nets, Agent Zero, and Spiral. Meanwhile, the freaky trio called Spider asks Helena the location of Agent 37. While Helena tries to reply with his mission, they assume she's lying and demands to tell them where he is. Otto tells the girls that one day one of them will become him and the other will challenge him as a leviathan and rewards them with some poetry. All this information that Otto was essentially telling to the girls is relayed through Maxine to Dick. The spider bots begin attacking again. Helena tells Spider Dick is in Germany and Spider says that Dick must be disposed of and to release the nanobots to devour him. Dick tells Maxine to release an EMP because her friend likes it and it tickles. Helena is hounded by Spider to activate the nanobots and with some hesitation she does. Maxine then at the same time activates the EMP saving them. We see Midnighter dancing in a club when the EMP takes out the power in the surrounding area and immediately knows Dick is somehow responsible for this. 
Dr. Nets, or Elizabeth Nets, as it is now revealed, radios her sister and lets her know that she covered both of their tracks for their recent activities. Helena gets a notification that an EMP took out the facility and it relieves her. Dick tells Maxine that she did well and to take a nap. Right as she passes out, and I mean, like, literally she goes from standing to on the ground, Tony wakes up, and boy is he pissed. He goes right for the throat and tells Dick nothing can save him now. Not Helena, not Spiral, nothing. Dick pleads for him to stop and eventually gets him to do so by saying that they need to take down the sisters and Spiral. The end. And we're back. <laughs> I love that you always end up doing that. (laughs) (laughs) I usually leave it in too. I don't know if you listen to the whole episode. (laughs) I do. Um, When I, when I have to, when I don't write down our things, I tend to like listen to them as I'm like screenshotting the other parts. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll, I'll uh, add it to my playlist that I listen to at work because usually when it hits the weekends, all my podcasts don't have any new episodes on the weekends. So (laughs) I'm out of content. So I'll, um, I'll add ours in just so I can listen to it and, you know, see if there's anything that I could have fixed for the next time or, you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like now that we're uh, nine episodes in, you sh- you could just stop saying that because you've got nine different versions of you saying, and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> and just, you know, just clip one of those in. Or I just Even though that would be so much more work. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. So, what did you think about this issue, Brittany? So, I think that I fucking hate you because you got to take this issue and I had to take the other one. (laughs) Okay, but I've had to deal with two annuals. I think I get to choose. Listen, I understand and I respect you for taking them, but that's not going to stop me from complaining. (laughs) I chose this one for a very specific reason that we'll get to at the end of this issue. It's a surprise tool for later. A surprise tool for later. <laughs> um, but but jokes aside, this is the part of the series. I'm really upset that we're um, getting to Robin Wars. But like this is the part of the series where I, I really... Not that I didn't enjoy it before. This is where I really started enjoying the series. And what kind of wanted me to reread it. If that makes sense. Because... Just the dynamic between Tony and Dick. I I love it. Yeah, but not to worry. We'll be coming back to this later on in our roadmap. Yeah, we better because I think we cut off like right before one of my favorite issues. And I really want to cover it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But back to issue 13. So like my first kind of like red flag with this issue is I don't know if it's just because, you know, Dick's naked in front of her, but Helena's acting, like, extremely robotic in the beginning. Oh, yeah, huh. I didn't even take a hint to that. I was just mainly focused on the fact that naked Dick Grayson. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was, like, what first caught my attention. But then when I was like, oh, that's a lot of words, I guess I I should read this. Uh Uh-huh. It just sounded very scripted. Mm-hmm. And like the looks on her face, it's there's like no emotion to it. Yeah, I was almost not sure whether she was being controlled or not. Yeah, I mean that's a possibility. I was mainly focused on the banter between Dick and Doctor Nets. 
Oh, I, I love that. It's very funny. <laughs> yeah. No, I love how that she's like, you could call me Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down. Um, and then also the fact that she's like, oh, I think I found a tracker. Oh, wait, no, that's just a mole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, I think it's great, like, how up close and personal she was with him. <laughs> and then to jump from that really weird kind of situation right into this fucking character tiger shark what the fuck is up with this guy Uh, i'm pretty sure he's a batman villain i'm not positive but i'm pretty sure he's he's been a character in dc comics i just i wrote down the fact that there are too many tigers in this issue (laughs) (laughs) you know i i kind of had that thought but i couldn't formulate a joke yet about it and i think that was perfect but like his costume like i feel like he just like pulled that out of you know his closet he didn't put any thought into it like he's got like a daredevil like mask on he's got a split fucking tongue and just the fucking tiger suit what the fuck then the cane you forgot the cane oh i'm sorry the pimp cane how could i forget can't forget the pimp game. I think my my favorite part of this whole um, situation is how nonchalant one of his uh, the members of his gang is, and he's like, "Oh, you know, just wanted to bring up uh, these two crew members don't have faces. I, I don't <laughs> know if that should be concerning to you, or you know, whatever. It's you know, it's up to you. Like how unfazed he was. Uh huh. I thought that was pretty funny too. Another thing that I really liked is during the fight scene when Tiger Shark compares Tiger's fight moves to Batman. Uh-huh. That's another Batman-esque character that we have in here. It's another uh, analog for Batman. Tiger, Midnighter, Helena sometimes. No, absolutely. This whole issue is actually very, very quotable, and I love it. I think one of my favorite things that Tiger Shark says is maybe I should make a jacket from your skin, which is very, very serial killer-like. And then Tiger calls Dick a, like a circus boy. Yeah, he says, you're done performing, circus boy. Mm-hmm. Do your job. I mean... With that being said, Dick swinging around, I just, I loved that detail. It really mm-hmm. made this scene for me. Uh, it also feels very, like, Bond spy movie Yes, with them fighting on the <laughs> on the ship, there's sharks swimming around in the water. Uh-huh. Just the whole, the whole scenario felt very, like, 70s Bond. And then there were a lot of fun comic book fight noises in this issue, too, like Frizak when the shark Frizzak. got electrocuted. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. I also loved, um, like, the the guy who was in the boat. He said something along the lines, worst case scenario, I'm out of a boss and a job. Which, like, kind of being, like, just like an employee to something. I think, like, everybody could kind of relate to that. Um, the next thing I have is soothing circus music. Okay, mine's just before that. I just want to point out the fact that they're both dressed up as twinsies. They're both wearing cargo shorts and the same shirt. Oh my god! So, like, I noticed that in the past, Uh but I completely forgot about it (laughs) this time around. And honestly, I love it. That, yeah, I, I mean, we haven't seen Tiger wear, I guess that's Spiral's uniform then. If they're both wearing it, you know? Because mm-hmm. uh, normally he's wearing whatever he wants, like his own outfits. Yeah. But I mean, the first time he usually wears them, like, some matching. very basic clothing. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like whatever he wants. 
He's but also... this very clearly looks like a uniform. I think this is also the first time he's not wearing his... Is it a turban? So I, I know they're called different things in different cultures. Whatever whatever the, the, the head wrapping is. Yeah. Um, that's something I noticed too. And then it like oddly ties in back to St. Hadrian's because the, the captain of the boat is Lottie's father. <laughs> I think that's the only reason they're here too. And Dick's kind of pissed about it. Or one of them was pissed about it. Uh... No, I think it was. No, no. Tiger expected Dick to be pissed. Yeah. That's it. Which I would have been upset about it too. Like, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of others. Like, I mean, I get that they're still saving this guy. Uh huh. But they're only saving him because of his connections to the school. Yeah, and I mean, at that at that point, I think Dick is pissed, but he's like trying to like just play off that he's sick just so that they'll leave him alone. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the only reason he wants them to leave him alone is because he's talking to Mr. Alvin Drapier. Drapier. But I really like that he tries pulling it off as he's going to sit here and listen to relax, soothing circus music. <laughs> which, what the fuck is soothing circus music? Which, because- which, coming out of anybody else's mouth, would be what the fuck. But, I mean, like, I could get how it actually would be soothing to Dick because, you know, that was his childhood, but, like, circus music really isn't. But, like, I know so many people who can fall asleep listening to, like, heavy metal. No, I think Dick is laying there listening to (laughs) da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Listen! (laughs) It has memories behind it, and it's understandable, okay? Drop it. Okay, but he's trying to be, he's trying to mope here and be edgy, <laughs> and I'm just imagining that music while he's... <laughs> um, I also want to point out, in this issue and other issues in the next issue, Tiger always, always, always has the time in a fight to insult Dick. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I appreciate it. It's beautiful. I think it's weird that they point out that Dr. Nitz is the one resident weirdo scientist. When uh-huh. They also have Poppy Ashmore there who, may I remind you, eats people. No, 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 no. She's resident cannibal psycho doctor. Okay? There's a difference. You can have room for two weird doctors here. Okay? You just have to distinguish them. And then another thing I've written down for this part is I really enjoy that Dick says to Tim, sweet humble brag, bruh. I love that. Um, yeah, when he's talking about what his program that he was creating. Uh-huh, to track down uh, pictures of, what's her name? Uh, Agent uh, Zero. Yeah. But yeah, Agent Zero. I also like that it's revealed that uh, Dr. Nitz, um, Anthony, you called, you always call her Dr. Nazi. Uh huh. Um, it's revealed that she's kind kind of a Nazi. Her family's Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I knew I was getting it from somewhere in the history, but also she just has a Nazi vibe to her. If that <laughs> makes sense, like she reminds me. I think I've said it before. She reminds me of Krieger from Archer. Uh huh. I think you have. Okay. Another note I have for this section with Tim explaining to Dick how. Uh, Agent Zero has been following Batman around trying to find out who he is this whole time. Fucking creeper. But yes, continue. The pictures that he finds of her 
in some of them she looks like haunted like she looks like she's seen some shit like she's clutching onto the bar of the window she looks like she looks like she's ready for the photo if that makes sense i mean she does kind of look like 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 a ghost in the back of a photo she doesn't even look like she's looking at them she looks like she's staring off into the distance past batman and the joker kicking the shit out of people No, I get and what you're saying. It looks like she's just kind of there. I want to ask, too, who the fuck is taking that picture with, uh, they're right up against Killer Croc, and Batman and the Joker in the middle of fist fighting some other prisoners, and she's standing in the background. So who's taking the picture? It's not hers. Someone it could be, like, security cameras. On the floor? Because it's, it's like a floor shot. <laughs> Someone no, had man. To Extra zoom. To take a picture. Well, Listen. Angle. That can't be a zoom shot from the angle. Someone has to be right there. I don't know, man. The beauty of comics. Someone ran up on Killer Croc to take a quick picture. <laughs> and let me tell you, they got paid major money for that photo. Also, who in the Court of Owls is taking photos? Because that's supposed to be a secret organization. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just work here. Uh, so I fa- also found it really odd. Um, Tim, he's, well, he's been in relationships. He's not really, like, a ladies' man, I guess you would say. And I found it, like, really odd for him and Dick to be talking about Helena and Tim being like, I heard she's hot. Like, <laughs> I, fe- I, felt, I felt like that was really weird and almost out of character, if that makes sense. Uh huh. Um, and then for that t- to lead into Dick saying that while Helena might not fall for his charm, he knows somebody who will, but he uses the word him. Yeah. <laughs> but I just love how, like, uh, Dick's like, it-, it will work on him. And he's like, yeah, bro, that- that's, the- that's my brother. I know him. And then he's <laughs> like, wait, what a minute. Wait a minute. Him? <laughs> <laughs> I just found that kind of funny. It's worth mentioning that Helena goes and kind of threatens a bunch of spy organizations. Yeah, I really love that she's always wearing the same outfit when she's talking to them, too. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I didn't notice that. Anytime she goes to this meeting, she's wearing the same power suit, staring at the same window. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, it makes her ass look great. And it makes it so that's the only thing that they can be looking at while she's talking to them. So she asserts her dominance. I also wrote down uh, these fun sound effects, which is work, <laughs> while uh, Lady Tron is throwing up, which who gave up with that name? <laughs> it's such a both generic and also weird name. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like there was not much effort that went into that name. Um, I don't know if, like, this is an original character or if she's in other stuff. I'm pretty sure this is just just here. There's a character in Titans that heavily reminds me of her. She looks basically the same, like, same robot parts and whatnot, but different Uh hair. But her name just tells you her whole aesthetic, I guess. It tells you everything you need to know about her. She's a robot and she's a lady. Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of about all there is to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I guess she's working for the gardener now. So I guess there's that, too. Because she's working for the gardener, Midnighter gets a night off, which is always nice. You know, 
You can't always be working, Anthony. You need some me time, okay? If know, you don't have some nice. me time, you're going to go crazy. Midnighter that's knows why, this. That's why I said it's nice. Um, So, the secret surprise tool I had for the end, which is why I wanted to take this issue. Uh-huh. Brittany, you want to guess who popped up again? That's what I... Okay, you know when I was reading this and we were on a call and I just started dying? <laughs> l- l- hold on. I wrote it down. <laughs> I also wrote down Ginger Ninyel. <laughs> Why is he getting involved in this stuff again? Like, he's just, he's clearly in witness protection or something because he dyed his hair. Because he's ran into spiral one too many times. <laughs> but he still finds a way to get involved in their shenanigans. Listen, this poor... Look, <laughs> <laughs> like, give me a second. <laughs> you can't see it, but my... My face is red, and I have tears in my eyes. This poor Russian... <laughs> no, I can't do it. <laughs> I don't know why this is so funny. This poor Russian gentleman just wants to live his life. <laughs> and he gets an alien stomach. He gets... Lex Luthor <laughs> shows up. Involved in a Lex Luthor murder attempt. Not only a murder attempt, but he, tra- he shouts, I've killed you once, I can kill you again. <laughs> Boy, has this man had an eventful life. And oh, I, give me a I'd second. like to imagine this has been in the span of what, a couple months? Like, it it's hasn't gone been that long. <laughs> and he's all over the world because right now we're in what, Germany? Previous issue, we were <clears throat> off the coast of Italy. Yeah. So, <laughs> this poor man's trying to live his life. He's just tried to eat in this cafe, and fucking Midnighter shows up. I mean, at least this time he isn't having to run for his life or anything. <laughs> this or time he's unknowingly concerned. there. Yeah. But, like, I love that it's, like, he's not even a ginger. It's, like, very clearly died. <laughs> and I like to think that he is in witness well- protection. Either he died it for witness protection, or he died it because he's clearly on a date with this woman. But since we're moving on to the next issue, what do you think about this issue? Um, I really like some of it. Okay, I like the issue itself when it's following the present day storyline. I don't like the recap of the past bits. It feels out of sync. I know it's trying to put it together with how this one's going on, but... I, I don't know, it just makes it feel like the issue drags on, if that makes sense. And it absolutely does, and I agree. This issue, it, it has a lot of information in it, it it's which causes it to yeah. drag on. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to the other issues, it's got a lot of dialogue. Well, in this issue, we not only get backstory for Lady Tron, we get backstory for... Nets, we get backstory for Agent Zero. We get backstory for their father, who we're just barely introduced to. It, it's a big info dump issue. So it yes. feels very boring. And there's also a lot of on-page on characters. It, it feels like they had to rush it because they knew that they were going to get kind of cut off for a minute for the Robin Wars. Yeah. If that makes sense. I feel like this. if Robin Wars didn't happen... This would have gone through a couple issues to get that, all that information, but because Robin yeah. Wars happened, it cut them off like a couple issues. Yeah, it probably would have at least spanned another issue. 
I know we both talked about it uh, before we started recording, but since it jumped to a different artist, there's a little bit of inconsistencies here. <laughs> Midnighter has completely different colored hair, but not only that, going for it's supposed to be like back to back happening. Like there's not supposed to be any time span in between the issues. Uh huh. But Midnighter's wearing a completely different outfit. <laughs> not not just that he's has different hair he's got a different outfit but he's also in a different location yeah they're in a completely different location because there's none of the background characters there it's just him the waitress and agent zero and then there's a terrace on this like they're on a balcony yeah. on this one the other one was like a street side uh-huh so i mean like it, it could have been like oh they went inside and there's another part of it but i mean just for continuity it, it's kind of a mess also, Agent Zero is sitting at the same table, so there's no way they could have moved to a different spot. <laughs> She's definitely sitting, like, why would she have moved with Midnighter, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's, they're kind of sitting in the same area. Also, she has a completely different phone. I just, I oh my feel God, like they should have showed the artist the previous issue, just so it could be. I mean, to be fair, they probably weren't done with the original or the first one before they started working on the second one. And so they were probably like, hey, it's going to be a month before they see the next one. They're not going to notice. They're in a cafe. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Cafe. <laughs> I think they just kind of got some storyboards and worked with it. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're introduced to uh, their father in this issue. But initially, when I f- saw the first panel... I immediately asked Anthony, why the fuck does he look like Thanos? I immediately, when upon seeing the first panel, realized it was their dad because uh, I don't think they mention it right here, but he's very clearly wearing the same glasses that Dr. Nitz always wears. Yeah. The same sense in eye fashion or eyewear <laughs> fashion. Well, I think it's supposed to kind of look like a, a... Isn't that how... No, wait, that's flies. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, flies okay. Flies have the eyes like that. Um, and he's also wearing a trench coat. Basically, he looks like an old amalgamation of both of his daughters. Because he's wearing the trench coat, the fedora that Carmen Sandiego lookalike is always wearing. <laughs> and then he has the glasses that Nazi doctor is always wearing. Yeah, I mean, you could say that they probably got it from him. I just thought it was like a really, really weird way to introduce him. Yeah, I mean, and that issue, that page alone has, it feels like more words than images. It almost leaves you more confused than when you enter the page, because this guy kind of almost looks like uh, Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I got that vibe a lot, too. I was constantly throughout the issue, I was like thinking, he looks a lot like, I'm getting Freddy Krueger vibes. Uh Uh-huh. Freddy Krueger with weird-ass glasses. I mean, they still kind of got the same type of hat. And then in the past, when he was younger, when it shows photos of him being younger, he looks like fucking Minos. He looks like Minos, but if Minos was even more of a fucking nerd. I think that it's kind of nice that in both issues, we have characters that have very interesting tastes in relaxing music. One loves to listen to circus music. The other loves to listen to people screaming. Uh I love how you said that, because <laughs> she's basically listening to Lady Tron, Tiger, and Dick being attacked by spider robots. <laughs> and, I mean, soothing sounds for each of them. It's just, it's da 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 
it really shows what their childhoods were like. I also wanted to bring up, I don't understand Lady Tron's powers at all. Because in this first part where we see her using her powers, it looks like she like stole Black Canary's powers because she's using the scream. Uh-huh. But later on, she's like using her arms, it looks like. Or is that also a scream? Screaming fire now? I think that's screaming. It's weird. Um, She also keeps insulting them by calling them skin jobs. Skin jobs? I thought it was skin bags. Skin bags? Skin jobs. She calls them a skin job, skin jobs, which <laughs> it sounds like uh, some kind of sex act. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. And they, she does talk about tentacle porn and this issue. So there is that. <laughs> what I have written for this part is that not only does Tiger always have the opportunity to blame Dick and insult Dick during fights. But Dick is just constantly betraying Tiger. And I don't know how he's still putting up with his shit. I also wrote down that Dick punches Spider yet again. Spider? <laughs> or not Spider, Tiger. You know what I meant. <laughs> I knew what I, you meant, but I had to call you on it. <laughs> did her hair color change? Her hair color changed too. Maybe her hair color is where she keeps all of her power. <laughs> Because she does scream out blue. My next note I had written down for here is Spyro really needs to fix the situation they have with their hypnosis causing their agent's eyes to just start gushing blood. (laughs) It happens so often that I I get like it's a side effect from using it too hard, but you would assume that they would figure out some way to get rid of that since it keeps being an issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's an issue with Helena. Tiger had that as an issue. Dix had it multiple times as an issue. Midnighter had it as an issue. Well, I mean, Midnighter was also, he was not used to using them. But um, it's also, like, I get that they have, like, the nanites on them, like, destroying all their, their, like, DNA and stuff. But blood just gushing out of their eyes, I feel like that's going to leave a lot of evidence at the crime scene. No, 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 nanites. Okay, but I don't know if they work that fast, and if, like, he just drips blood somewhere. How many nanites are really there? Well, I have two last notes coming up in this. My first one is, I love that even though Midnighter has a day off, Dick still finds a way to ruin it. (laughs) (laughs) He sets off an imp that shuts down the nightclub that Midnighter is dancing in. I love that you say imp. And then also... While I may not like this art as much as I like the other art, uh-huh. I really love the way that we consistently see this artist drawing um, Dr. Nets. She looks so much better in this art style. Like, she looks cool in this art style. No, I agree. Um, speaking of her, I like that we're finally kind of seeing her sneaking around. Like, because Helen is in the room and she's even, like, activating, like, protocol spider. And, you know, she's sneaking around a corner to talk to her sister. It, it's really kind of showing that she is actually involved. And it's just not, like, talk, oh, you know, it's her sister, it's her sister. It's showing that she's actually involved in this, too. And I think that's all our notes we had for this, right? Yeah? Yeah, that that's so, about it. So you ready to hop on over to our bits? I am. My body uh, is ready. Which 
one was your favorite cover to start us off with? Okay. So we had some interesting choices for this one. We had the Monster of the Month variant. We had the Looney Tunes variant. And then we had the two originals. So my favorite was the original for 14. Oh, okay. So we both went original. Well, it was the Monster of the Month or Porky Pig. I didn't like Monster of the Month, but I kind of liked Porky Pig. No, I own that one and I don't like it. I don't know. It looks fun. I I mainly like it because I like the way they drew Dick in it. I like that art style for Dick. I mean, yeah, that's great, but it's got nothing to do with this. And I I hate when covers have nothing to do with what the actual issue's about. With yours, yours basically tells the story of yeah. that issue, which is really cool. I like that it tells the story, but it gives nothing away. Yeah. That's my um, favorite thing that uh, artists tend to do, is that they give a great cover with, if, you, if you've if you read it or if you've seen it, you're like, oh, okay, you know, that's that and that's that. But if you're just looking into it, you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. Mine doesn't really have to deal with the story exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, it's the one that I like to refer to as the bondage cover, because that's clearly what's going on here. Uh-huh, that's, that's the joke I was going to make. While it doesn't have to deal with the exact story, it kind of, to me, feels like it's showing that he's caught up in Agent Zero's web of lies. No, absolutely. It's very uh, metaphorical, I guess. Once again, it's still kind of like showing that she's hidden and we're, we're not quite sure about her. We don't know much about her, like her backs to us. Excuse I think me. I'd like your issue more if it didn't have the auto nets in the background. Yeah, that that's a bit weird. I, I think if there was something else like spiral designs in the background, I think I'd like it better. So uh, what's your, your background rebound? My background rebound was the captain from issue 13. I don't know. I just feel like... DC, while they have the Aquaman series, I feel like they could use a little bit more boat stuff or, like, mm-hmm. seaworthy adventures. And I feel like it'd be a really cool series, like, not even superhero-wise, but, like, a cool adventure-type series where it's, like, a captain finding deserted islands, finding, like, unexplored area. Kind of, like, I don't even know how to explain it. It, it feels like it'd be kind of a piratey vibe if it followed his, his uh-huh. life. Since, I mean... Clearly, this isn't his first time getting involved in in something like this. <laughs> and supervillain. Yeah, and supervillain's hey. trying to take his ship, because his daughter is working with Spiral. Uh-huh. So, like, he has to be kind of a badass if his daughter got accepted into a Spiral Academy. Listen, maybe he's fucked up Black Manta in the past. I don't know. You know, I, I didn't expect that one. I did not expect it at all. Uh, you kind of spoiled my background. <laughs> Was was it uh, Danielle? Yeah. <laughs> you want to know what's going on with him? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we kind of talked about it before. I want to know if this is intentional. Mm-hmm. Like, is this legitimately just kind of tracking Danielle's story because he was the first Paragon piece that we found? Or if it's just how he draws his characters? Mm-hmm. You know, some people just kind of get in the habit of that's their kind of like go-to background character because i mean if he wasn't Danielle in the first one there would be nothing special about him yeah like he is just like the average like you'd see him on the street i had i had a hard time because i thought about choosing tiger shark and then i thought about choosing um their dad so i wouldn't want to know more about the dad 
<laughs> That's we already got enough about him in that issue. <laughs> well, I mean, we did, but we didn't. I almost chose Agent Zero just because it's revealed that she's a retroactive background character in previous Batman stories. Uh huh. Which I think is a little fun. It's fucking hilarious. Because it's it's literally what we do with finding background characters that might be involved in the story later. That- uh huh. That's exactly well, that's, that's kind of why I wanted to choose their dad is because he becomes more prominent and we learn more about him later. But And then Tiger Shark was just him. fucking extra. Okay, speaking of that, uh, who was your off week? <laughs> speaking of their dad, <laughs> I chose fucking Thanos looking motherfucker. Freddy Krueger. Okay, so I had him written down as my off week too. But upon but is reviewing it younger issue him? 13, I had to erase something. I had to erase it and write down something new. Um, so why don't you like his outfit, Brittany? What's, what's wrong with it? <laughs> Everything. I, I honestly couldn't decide between older him and younger him. Because he's just a mess all around. I mean, do you even see what he's wearing? He's got this weird-ass gold cane. He's got, like the worst part of his daughter's outfit the worst part of his daughter's outfit um he's kind of looks like freddy krueger and then what the fuck is that spiral logo on his chest it's a bondage harness (laughs) you're not wrong and then he's wearing the cape too and a sweater underneath everything it's like if Mr. Minnows got Freddy Kruegered, borrowed Dr. Nietzsche's glasses, threw on his Batman cape, grabbed a cane, put on Freddy's hat. I mean, like, it's Don't forget a the bondage artist. It's like he raided a closet. It's a bunch of mismatched clothes. No, it's like he raided a closet to try and create a supervillain outfit. Uh-huh. And this is what came out of it. <laughs> I mean... He's got the Nazi vibes going on, too. So I'll give him that. Okay, so what was yours? My off-leak that I immediately had to discard everything I thought about this monstrosity for was um, Dick Grayson. He's wearing cargo shorts. Don't wear cargo shorts. Ever. Never. Okay, uh, bring it back to what you said before. So wouldn't your off be both Tony and Dick then? Yeah, well, no, no, no. Tony's a little bit different. He's not wearing shorts. He's wearing pants. Oh, okay. So cargo cargo pants are fine. Cargo shorts. How dare you? shorts, sin. It's immediately (laughs) a sin. (laughs) You... You do not deserve to be alive if you're wearing cargo shorts. I'm sorry. That's just the rules. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Everything else about that outfit, fine. Cargo shorts ruined it. <laughs> sorry, I'm writing. Don't wear cargo shorts in front of Anthony underlined <laughs> six times. Return cargo shorts you just bought immediately. <laughs> Who was your odd fleek? Okay, okay. Uh, so it's also an issue 14. I chose Midnighter. His his clubbing outfit. His clubbing outfit? Yeah. I like the little dance he's in the middle of doing, too. <laughs> he's looking good. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I like that one, too. I like the him being caught in the middle of a dance. 
Oh, no, I love that, that's, too. That's my favorite part of this. I just, I just think he's really well-dressed in this, and I appreciate it. Uh-huh. Not he's got, normal, like, a, a nice uh, suit on, but, you know, it's kind of more casual. Who was uh, yours? Don't judge me. Oh, I'm gonna judge you. I really like Tiger Shark. <laughs> I knew as soon as you flipped back to this issue, it started going that direction from Dick's cargo shorts. <laughs> I really liked it. It's a nice villain outfit. Villains have to look extra. Listen, I I think I'd like it more if his mask wasn't red. No, I really like the red mask. The only thing I don't like is I think he should be wearing red pants, too. Okay, if he was wearing red red pants, pants, then maybe. But I think that would be too bright. Uh, I really like this villain outfit. I think it looks so neat. I fucking hate it. (laughs) Oh, I don't like the tongue. The tongue's really lame. That's the only uh, the part of it tongue. I actually like. Oh, that's the part commitment. you like? I don't like the split tongue at all. I think everything else is fine, though. <laughs> well, agree to disagree. <laughs> I'm just saying, when you're a villain, you need to find something iconic that people recognize. It That's that villain. You know what I mean? Joker yeah. has his purple suits. This guy got tiger suits. I mean, it fits the name. I just, I don't like it. So, what was your favorite panel for this issue? I don't have to go far for it. I like this opening panel. It gives me, uh, like, 70s action-adventure vibes with, like, the font that they use for the a ghost from the tomb. Uh-huh. Uh, the shot, like, the way that they're shooting it, too. It looks like it'd be, like, the intro to, like, some old, like, like how, you know, the old King Kong movies? It looks like kind of the intro to that. Yeah. If that makes sense. Or, like, an old, like, Indiana Jones... Um, more more of an adventure spy movie yeah yeah i really like this whole this intro beginning shot just because it's mainly the font Mm -hmm. the font and then the the shot that they're using for it It almost gives me like a monster movie (sighs) like type font yeah that too uh yeah no i i think like it gives you the the king kong vibes because of the name of the ship it's not a bad one Um, i had I had I a hard time choosing before, a panel. Before you go, I, I wanted to say I had an honorable mention for the very last panel of this issue. Uh-huh. Um, I noticed it afterwards, but I, I really like the first one too much to change it. But uh, the last panel, it has Dick and uh, Lady Tron and Tiger fighting, mm-hmm. um, where the spiders are descending. And normally I wouldn't like the panel too much, but the spiders, the way that they're descending, it looks really nice. I like the way that they drew the strings. Uh huh. The web. It looks yeah. It looks really cool. No, I like it because it's kind of like they don't know about it yet. Yeah, I like that part too. Mm-hmm. No, um, that's a good one. Okay, um, good to go. I I had a hard time purely because I loved the quotes in this issue a lot. Yeah, I know you like choosing because quotes. I know you've done that before. Panels. Okay, but there's, I mean, there's not really like any like outstanding art. Not to say that the art's not good. Uh-huh. It just wasn't like, there wasn't like a wow moment in this issue. I don't know. I'd call a shark getting electrocuted a wow moment. <laughs> um, But, okay. I had a hard time. It was between something that Midnighter said and something that um, Tiger said. I eventually chose what Midnighter said purely because it spoke to my heart. It's him, uh, 
basically going, oh, you know, they got this covered. I'm going to go, you know, have a night to myself. But he says, I feel like punching something's head off, but eating sweets until I bust a leather seam would do. I thought you'd like that quote when I saw it, too. Uh Uh-huh. And Um, honestly, I just, I feel that, man. (laughs) I do have an honorable mention to something that Tiger said. It was uh, him calling Dick an idiot 90% of the time. um, Um, If you want to pull that up. I'm trying to. Okay, Tiger says, well, perhaps you're not always an idiot. I'd estimate it about 90% of the time. And then Dick replies with, you know what? For all the times I've had to punch you in the teeth lately, I'm not going to blame you for withholding that last 10. Um, <laughs> the funny thing about that is that he also punches him in the teeth in this issue. Or in this yeah. Issue. <laughs> That's very funny. Oh, uh, yeah. I loved it. It was great. Uh, but... The pu- feeling like punching somebody versus eating a shit ton of sweets. That that one had me written all over it, Anthony. <laughs> what would you choose as your favorite panel for the next issue? Um, so mine also, or mine involved the spiders. Mine um, also involved the spiders. It's right there. It's <laughs> the scene where Tiger's on the ground. They finally notice the spiders. And Dick's like, oh, God. Yeah, I really, that's my favorite panel, too. Oh, is it? Uh-huh. I really like the way that the spiders are crawling at them from the camera view. Like, I like when it does, like, different uh, vantage points for the, yeah. the camera. It looks really neat. I, I loved it because I think that would have been, like, my reaction to see that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, ju- I just like the way that they drew the spiders coming at them. That was the uh-huh. only panel on this whole issue that, like, stood out to me a lot. Yeah, it it also kind of, I think it was a great, like, transition panel, because it's the one where they finally notice, like, what's going on. That's all our uh, bits? Yeah. Uh, Oh. So, I never talked about it, and I feel like an asshole because I kept forgetting about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I did put that poll up on who Dick's favorite redhead was. Didn't Starfire win it or something? Uh, 25% said Barbara Gordon. I I voted for Babs because I wanted her up there. (laughs) 25% voted for Wally West. 6% voted for Other. And 44% voted for Starfire. Um, I'm very upset. I disagree. But go off. (laughs) Um, I think it was worth mentioning since we did say that we were going to do it and then we never talked about it again. Uh-huh. A whole, uh, what, three, four ep? No, four episodes ago? <laughs> this was, like, episode four, so I want to say, like, four episodes ago. Five episodes ago. I don't know. So this will be our last episode of Grayson for a little bit. Our next episode, we're going to be looking into uh, what Jason's up to and reading Red Hood and Arsenal. I'm so fucking excited. Have you read this series before? Uh, I know I've read some of the issues when I went to your house, uh, but uh-huh. I haven't read the whole series. I read the first, I think, two epi- two issues. Oh, it's so great. I'm so excited. Uh, we finally get to talk about my boy, Jason. It is going to be three episodes of Red Hood and the Outlaws, and then we're going to jump into three episodes of Robin, Son of Batman. We, we've it, got it mapped out to follow a whole story. We're basically going to take each series up until Robin Wars, and then we'll address 
Robin Wars, if that makes yeah. sense. And then we're going to another event from there that we already have planned out, but it's tying into the same comics. So we'll be returning to Grayson in a little bit. It won't be too long. Yeah, but I'm super excited. I love the series with the passion. I think I love it almost as much as I love Grayson. From what I've read, it looks like it's going to be fun. Uh, it, it's definitely more lighthearted uh-huh. because of uh, Jason and Roy's kind of relationship. I think it'll be interesting, too, because it'll be you reading it, have read it before, and me going into it with a fresh face. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm really excited to to see what you think, um, especially with all the shenanigans that Roy gets up to and how exasperated Jason gets. <laughs> and then I'm looking forward to Robin, son of Batman as well, because it'll be both of us going into it fresh. Yeah. It'll be kind of interesting. So going forward, uh, it, it'll be fun. I'm excited. I'm excited to reread this series. So yeah. See you guys next week, which we should have an episode. Oh, I forgot to mention, this will be our Christmas episode. (laughs) So. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. I mean, Um, I think it's Hanukkah right now while we're. It is Hanukkah right now. Yeah. It's the third, fourth day? One of the Uh, the days. I think it's actually like, yeah, I think it's the third day of Hanukkah. Okay. Um, Um, Are there any other holidays? Happy whatever holiday. Yule, Festivus. Uh, happy whatever you celebrate and if you don't celebrate have a happy day yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay bye guys bye don't forget to follow us on social media Hello, Gotham City. You're listening to WZPZ, and we're going to be kicking it old school and winding down the hour as we do every night with some soothing music for you Gothamites.